Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Michael Sandoval and Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Hello, my name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. <laughs> and uh, today we have a special guest. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to see if I'm going to get this right, but we have a special guest from Feminize, and uh, his name is uh, Max Rothery. How are you doing, Max? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Yeah, yeah you did pretty good. You did pretty oh, good. Oh, good. I mean, Max being the hard part. Yeah, <laughs> I was wasn't too sure about the, uh, the the last half, the last syllables there. Yeah, you did great. You did great. Trust well, me, better than some. <laughs> well, first of all, Max, I have to say thank you very much for uh, joining us. Uh, uh, the lovely thing about today's uh, high tech world is that we get to chat with you from uh, across the pond, as you say. And uh, it is early for us, nine and ten, respectfully, and I think it's. Uh, uh, half past beer clock over there on your side of the, of the pond, I would think. So thank you very much for doing this on a Friday, even. Wow, that that says a lot. So thank you so very much. Um, so one of the, you know, as you know how we are and, and you know, our, our, our podcast and the stuff we love to talk about, Chris and I have spent uh, a good part of our uh, careers, you know, in the midst of community building uh you know, community uh, engagement and the like, and it's great to have a chance to talk with somebody in the very similar uh, field. Uh, and I always love to start off these, you know, conversations first, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about yourself, but how you got into, uh, you know, community. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I had an interesting background, uh, as I, I actually find a lot of people in community do. Um, but I Yes, exactly correct. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's no straight path, but I left school, went into the creative industry across film and music. I then jumped into wealth management and, and private banking. And there I ended up leading uh, digital transformation and innovation um, for wealthy clients, which the whole piece there was looking at, um, I guess, fintech had become a new word and challenger banks had entered the scene. Um, but for the wealth management industry, you know, our clients weren't were lucky if they had a mobile phone yet worried about um, mm. whether they could transact through mobile applications. But, you know, the industry was very wise to the fact that it's not going to stay that way for a long time. So my role was about building out, you know, what the future of private banking might look like for, you know, clients that were of my generation. Um, and what, what, you know, what, what was fascinating and kind of what led me to um, meeting our founder, who's also called Max at Finimize. And was just really thinking about this this challenge of like, how do you engage? How do I engage, you know, my friends, my family, like my everyone I know, my generation, um, with investing? Because you know, when I spoke to people, um, you know, house prices in the UK, everyone loves buying a house, um, but house prices were quite obviously becoming unaffordable. Um, yes. And investing was, you know, a relatively smart way to get some return on, on, on your savings. And, you know, interest rates have gone to pretty much zero. So no one's getting any, any savings and, and everyone's living till they're older. So, you know, it seemed like a no brainer, like, okay, you know, investing, it seems like a smart way to secure you know, me, my friends, my generation's future financially. Um, but there seemed to be no interest or engagement um, or even understanding where to start. 
Um, so I'd spent a couple of years trying to figure this challenge out with technology. Um, and then I met Max, uh, the founder at Finimize, and he was kind of saying like that he's built this uh, really engaged audience around our, our newsletter. And he really wanted to, you know, sort of ignite that into a community. Um, so I, I jumped ship and, and joined Finimize and started building out what is today the, the, the community team there. Oh, wow. That's, that's a very good story. Thanks for, for sharing. So I, I'm kind of want to roll back a little bit. And, and so the thing that kind of was striking to me was some challenges around you, you, I think the words you use were my generation, right? So I'm going to assume when you say that, that's a millennial. Is that true? I guess so. I guess so. Okay. No, no, no. I wouldn't do just to kind of, just to help uh, with that. What, what was it that was, that you saw was different in your generation versus, you know, obviously previous and others that are either, that are clearly ahead of you that made it difficult or that, uh, that you thought that community was the best way to do it. Yeah, I guess it was. I mean, I don't know how engaged you guys are with investing in, in the world of finance, but it was just never seen as something that was uh, for me, right? Like it, investing seemed to this mystical world that was very convoluted and complex and, and rather boring. Um, mm. it, just, it just didn't seem super accessible. And I, and I think, you know, the opportunity that was created with digital tools and, and the fact that, you know, technology was innovating so fast. And um, you could just see that changing. Interesting. Well, let me ask you just on a, so in the research that I've seen, I happen to be also in the financial industry myself. So the research that I've seen, a lot of what we know of fine, you know, financial information or even investing and the like tends to come from our parents or our peers. And if you don't have that level of understanding, then you have to seek out that information, right? From mentors and the like. Uh, did you see something similar in that regard that there was either, was there a lack, not lack, maybe it wasn't a focus or, or is it just maybe it was the information, the way it was being sent was a little different. And just, just because of the connectedness of, of the millennial generation. Yeah, well, that's exactly it, right? Like if, if you don't, if you don't have a friend or your family doesn't have an investment background. Like, where do you go, if, even if you overcome that first hurdle that you know yeah. you're interested in engaging with finance? Like, where do you go? So it seems like a really natural fit for community to to provide a solution there. Yeah, it, it really does. So the next part was around: Hey, we have this great newsletter that uh, we have to be getting a lot of attention with. How did you take the newsletter? and make it the vibrant community that you have today. Yeah, of course. Before you answer that, I yes. want to say this is, I think that it's interesting because last week's uh, webinar was about people are starting communities in different ways. Sometimes they start it yep. through newsletters. Sometimes they through, do it through Slack. Sometimes they just build an online community and start that way. So it's very interesting. I was very interested to kind of hear this. So go ahead. I, I just wanted you to know that because it doesn't have to be one way, right? So, one hundred percent. Well, I'll take you back to um, the beginning because it is a great story around a community at Finimize, um, and and you'll see, you know, as we go through, we've ended up launching community in multiple different ways, um, and actually touches the whole business. But the way it started is it was was fantastic. So, 
what happened was, um, you know, like you were saying, the newsletter started really gaining traction. And what we wanted to understand was, okay, who are these people that are reading what we're writing? You know, we got a lot of fan mail and we, we saw a lot of inter- uh, engagement on social, but we wanted to meet these people face to face. So our CEO literally messaged some users saying, hey, we're going to the pub in London on Friday. See you guys there. And when people actually turned up, we were like, oh, wow, this is like, really hell. Yeah. <laughs> what do we say? <laughs> I didn't really expect this to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't really just going to for beer. <laughs> you never know, but beers bring people together. But anyway. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, and, and it was amazing, right? Like we got to, we got to meet these real people and, um, you know, we found this, this common thread that you were saying, right, of like, they found the people there found that their friends weren't that into investing. So it was great that they had people that they could talk to, but they began bouncing each off, bouncing off each other. So they could really like learn stuff from each other. And they began meeting up regularly. So that turned into a regular monthly uh, uh, meetup that we held in London. And quite quickly, it was about two, we'd have about two, 300 people meet up every, every month in London. Oh my God. Then we started getting, yeah, this is finance, right? As well. This is like every month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, this is not like. I'm just uh, thinking of the like, the logistics. How do you get that many people in one pub? Oh, this is, so we, we had a fantastic partnership with AB InBev, like the largest brewer in the world. And they gave us their yeah. top. Oh. Nice. Yeah, because, I mean, it, things, things, things just happen in community through introductions. So it just happened that. We had a senior member from AB InBev attend one of our meetups and he loved what we were doing. Oh. He wanted to promote financial literacy within the firm. So, yeah. Um, all over beers. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it, all, almost on purpose that uh, this story relates to the, the name of this podcast. Perfect. Right, exactly. But anyway, I'll, um, I'll, try and get, I'll try and get to the point, but what happened oh, was we great. regular regular meetup in London, a couple hundred people. We started getting messages, right? Yeah. Um saying that, you know, we want to attend this in our own country. Uh, you know, they'd seen pictures of it on social. I think the first one was from Boston. And they said, you know, hey, can you guys run a meetup here? I want to meet with other finomizers in my area. Um, now, we're a very small team, so we couldn't obviously fly people out. So we just said, look, here's the playbook of how we organize this event. If you do the same, we'll promote it in the newsletter and, you know, see if anyone turns up. Um, Boston was a success. Then LA became a success and then South Africa and then Australia. And, you know, it really got to the point, I think, that by the end of 2019, we're having over 10,000 people attend in-person Finimize meetups across 35 different countries. And it was completely organic. Um, and, and the whole time we're like, hold on, are they, we're, we're talking about investing here. Like, there's, <laughs> there's this real connection and it was all around, you know, people, uh, we're resonating with our mission. You know, this mission of empowering people to act as their own financial advisor. And let me tell you one example to show you how mind-blowing this got. Um, uh, my favorite ever Finimize meetup was taking place in Hong Kong. And we got a video from our Hong Kong host at the time, Paul. Shout out to Paul, uh, who's now our Asia community director. Um, he sent us this selfie video of like, I think it was like a hundred people crammed into this small bar, like literally crammed in and spilling out into the streets. There's another like 50 to a hundred people trying to watch through the window. I think someone from, oh I, 
there was like a presentation from someone that worked at Bloomberg at the time. So it wasn't like, you know, this isn't this isn't like a you know an indie band happening. But at the same time, right, this was um this was this was exactly the same time as like the Hong Kong riots. So oh, no right, right. streets, no one was coming out, it was a real heavy police presence. Meanwhile, there's this finomizer thing going on with the people spilling out into the streets. Um so we had this, like we knew we had something there, and it just grew into this really um, amazing organic in-person community. Um, so we knew we had to do something with it, and and we and community has just always been, you know, naturally in the DNA. That is a phenomenal story. Love that and, story. I'm, and I'm just sitting here going, um, again, being in the financial industry, I, I, I don't. It is not like watching a Batman movie or something or seeing an indie indie band, as you mentioned, it's not the most, we'll call it sexiest thing in the whole wide world, right? It's, it's about numbers and cents and, and dollars. And I, what, what do you think was the spark? Do you think it was the camaraderie, the mentorship, the, as, as with most communities, right? There's a common thread that pulls people in that want to participate in this. Uh, what, what do you think was, or is that uh, element? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think it's two things. I think one is a connection with that mission of like, you know what, I want to take control of my own finances. I am more mm. self-directed. I want to invest. So I think they connect to that. And the second is, you know, great community is all about being more yourself, right? Like realizing that you can be more who you are. And I think that people, these are people who are interested in, deeply interested in business, deeply interested in, you know, how the world works around them. Yet there was no accessible way for them to engage that industry. And finally, Finimize came around and they saw, hey, look, these are people just like me that want to talk about exactly the same things that I like talking about. And I'm being exposed to this new piece of information where I'm you know, really leveling up my own knowledge. That is what just became addictive. And they, you know, they really couldn't find it. Um, Interesting. Anywhere else. How does, so now we kind of have the backbone of the story. How do you, how? What's the, how is the business model today that drives uh, revenue on your yes. side? Yes. Um, so, I mean, the one thing we didn't touch on is that now we're in 2020 where in-person events <laughs> aren't taking place. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. There's that thing. But that, that, that was going for it. And, you know, so we see ourselves as a finance media brand for casual investors, right? So everything we do is about keeping people informed with important news, giving insight from our expert analysts. But we want to make sure that all of that is done in less than 15 minutes of your day. Ah. So, we have, so we have this media brand and, you know, fairly typically you monetize a media brand through um, two options. Right? You, you bring in advertising um, to your audience, so you monetize your audience passively. Right. Or you monetize your audience actively through selling products or subscriptions. So we monetize what we call our free audience or the newsletter audience through um, advertising partnerships right. um, and content licensing. And then we, you know, we, we offer a, I think a year ago now, we launched a paid subscription service to have a mobile app that is like a premium service. Um, mm -hmm. And within that premium service, we have a um, a paid community, so a private group chat community for for paid members. How um, 
the, like the words that came into my mind when you were talking about the, the, the next phase in my head is around content. And there is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but especially for investors, there seems to be a lot of information out there. I mean, you can get Morningstar reports, you can get uh, 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 just financial reports from all over the place. Uh, how do you kind of see through that noise or is it is it distilling that information to things that you really, really need to know? Is that kind of the value add? That's exactly it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like I am overwhelmed with the amount of content available across every channel yes. in every, every uh, yeah, no, it is, especially the financial. It is, it is absolutely overwhelming. And a Morningstar report is not easy to digest. Absolutely. So it's not <laughs> yeah, it's fun, right? Like, um, how do you know what to invest in? And, and how do you, it's hard. I think these financial people make it hard on purpose, you know, because and maybe they don't, but you know, I know I get overwhelmed by looking like I invest in uh, stock market and all that stuff, but I have a simple way to do it. And I just stick with the simple way, but if people want to invest, you know, in different ways, you know, it's, it's not easy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, it's the number one thing that turns people off. Right. It's like, like the intent is actually there. You know, people, yeah. people turn up engaged, like, Oh yeah. Investing. That sounds fantastic. Um, you know, you, everyone's engaged in businesses. Everyone's to understand how they make money. But as soon as they hit the wall of content and, you know, the stream of jargon and you know, it just switches. Regulation and all these things. It's just too much. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've always found that you end up just feel, no matter what conversation you have with a financial professional, you just end up feeling stupid. Um, and when you, fair. 100% agree. And, when you try and do your self-discovery, you go on Twitter and Instagram, it comes mentally exhausting and and i think to the point where you are willing to pay for a service that curates that so making sure it's really curated by experts and uh, we're, we're telling you just what you should be focusing on and cutting out all the noise um but i think secondly the really important thing about what we do is, is this trust element right so mm. if you're on the problem with social media is that it's all geared around self-promotion and, and you're so aware that you're being advertised to that it's really trust to really tough to trust what you see on, on social, and the same the same goes for platforms as well. You know, like our founder has this 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 great story about you know the reason that he set up Finimize was because when he went when he decided he was going to take action in his own financial life and went to visit a you know financial advisor, he very quickly realised that the brochures that were laid out in front of him all had their logo. On it. And you start to realize, like, hold on, this is a this is a sales exercise. This is you. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> I'm being sold to. Yeah, exactly. This is not what's genuinely in my, um, uh, you know, best interest. So I think if you know, if if you're if you're someone that is looking to get a foothold in, in you know, becoming more active in your own investments, then what we do is we filter all of the noise into signal we just tell you the big and important news but we also explain it so every one of our pieces of content starts with just what's going on but also why you should even care about what we're telling you Hmm. and we think that that is the real value add if we can provide you know bite-sized intelligent unbiased insights and, you know, we can empower you and put the tools in your hands so that you can make your own decisions. This is not about us giving you advice or telling you what to do. This is about us showing our working. No, so, I know it would be extremely valuable. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And, and 
it's that's some great background on how your community got started and and about Finimize. I want to know, you know, to, as you mentioned earlier, you're going to kind of go into it. Is now everything's got to kind of go digital because of the pandemic in some ways. How did you guys tackle that? Yeah, sure. So I think, like I said, so last year we had ten thousand people meet up in person, and then um, the pandemic hit, and we had a pretty I remember kind of sitting down with the team and being like, this looks, this doesn't look good. Um, and, and, and the last, I'm no scientist, do, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, this doesn't look great. Um, for us, but no, I think it was more that like the last thing you want to be doing is like, you know, the last people holding fort, <laughs> like, yeah. don't worry, we're still going to meet up in person when the whole, well is, is coming down around you and um, right. so we were very quick we just cancelled everything um, uh, and then I think within two weeks we've moved the entire network online so we pivoted all of that to virtual and now we're on track I think to triple the number of people who have attended um, Finimize Meetup virtually so because you, we can now you know you revisit the original purpose why are we doing these meetups but we want to connect more people around this topic we want to empower more people virtual helped us expand that because you're no longer tied to the location the only thing you're tied to is time zone so that that's so, so i completely agree with that I, I still think there's some importance or a lot of importance for you know when the pandemic goes away for vert or for face to face because there's nothing more valuable in my opinion than face to face stuff you know so yeah so so the second thing we did um so that was our, I guess, our in-person community. We shifted that online. The second thing we did was we'd been experimenting with, you know, the key thing that we learned about running these in-person meetups is that getting your head around finance and learning finance is just like learning a language. You know, if you were going to learn a language, you want to go and embed yourself in the culture and practice with your peers. We found that that conversation and first approach was far more efficient than trying to read some financial literacy piece of content. So we've been experimenting with like intimate small group chats among members. Um, so when it when the pandemic hit, we shifted very quickly to virtual. And for our paid subscribers, we were running these um, group chats, which are like 50 to 100 person group chats. And the sole focus there is for them to share knowledge and discuss the news with each other. And we found that so these we found that the best platform for this for us was was WhatsApp. Um, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, because worldwide, pretty much. It's worldwide. You know, we really understood that we want low friction, so it's on most people's phones already. Um, but also, what it what it does is it's your personal phone number, and I think the the importance of um, in person meetups is that it has. You know, there's nowhere to hide. There's no trolling whatsoever because you're you. You know, there's no you know Reddit pseudonym that you can hide behind. And it's really high engagement. So there's like a high level of friction to overcome to, to meet up in person. Um, now, virtual events have got the opposite problem. It's really easy just to switch your camera off, just tune in passively, don't talk to anyone, do it while, while you're eating dinner. Like, there's no engagement. But what we found is like, if virtually you can really uh, make it much more personal, um, we found that that connection between people was far, far stronger um, and, and add so much more valuable value um, uh, to, to the users. It's kind of like a, 
so I'm part of some community uh, Slack channels, like people like us, right? And and I'm pinged all the time, not necessarily Chris Detzel, but I'm in this group on these different groups, you know, and then I'm always getting these Slack messages because I have the app on my phone. And so it works very well for wherever you are. Is that kind of how you have it set up for WhatsApp or? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. The difference, the, the thing for us is this whole purpose of how do we filter out the noise? So the challenge from like a community perspective for me which is very different to the initial challenge. The initial challenge with scaling the offline community was, you know, speed and scale. How do we get as many chapters as many countries as possible? Yeah. Now it's the exact opposite is if you're in a WhatsApp chat, kind of in Slack, I feel like you're more, you're used to ongoing single feed conversations happening. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're just in a, in a, in a WhatsApp chat, we have to really, really work to curate high quality posts. In fact, we want the opposite of, quantity because if you just have a feed of conversation you instantly again feel overwhelmed just like you do with when you you know when you're on social media so we really have to think about how we get every single post is adding value you know there's 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 nothing in there that switches people off how do you track that like do you guys look at analytics of some sort to or is there other ways that you do it through your online community specifically i'm just curious yeah, so there's a couple of ways that, that a couple of things that we measure um, uh, around that. So the one easy one is like a, uh, a MPS. And yep, yep. um, MPS, we measure our churn rate as well. So you know, group exits um, over time. Um, so if they leave, if they leave like the WhatsApp uh, thing, that's an exit. Is that? That's it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then, um, which happens very rarely. Um, and then the other thing I'm really focusing on, focus on at the moment is like week one uh, metrics. Yeah. So just because it, because what I found if if you get week one right, you've built the right culture, you've instilled the right values, um, you've engaged the right people, and you've promoted certain people into leadership positions. Um, you then have this sustaining culture. So you know, for me, it's all about measuring week one. You know, number of people that post in their first you know 48 hours. Is one of the key metrics. That's always the hardest, right? That's that's yeah. true. That's a good point. That's intriguing. That's so. I've never. <laughs> I mean, go ahead. No, I was going to say that this is the you know I, I, the, one of the reasons I love doing these podcasts and chatting with you know fine folks like yourself is that I always learn something. And yeah. uh, this is the one of my little nuggets, right? I mean, apart from it, there's a lot of things in this conversation that I find fascinating. One is. You know the germination of a of a community from something that worked, but you scale it up from a newsletter to something that's global. Uh, the fact that you were able to take a very let's call it uh, uh, find the right word, but like a, a pedantic subject like finance, and make it into something that's fun, that is consumable, that is. Uh, at the right moment in time for so many is pretty impressive. So cheers to that. And that's sustainable. And you were able to kind of walk it through from a, even today's pandemic, but maybe, and then, but kind of in this last part is talking about why that worked and the success points you were able to do. And, and maybe one of these little secrets, if you will, it's not a real secret, but I mean, this is how you do it is your maniacal focus on getting the community off, right. This, this idea of a one week, week one metrics. 
I think that's very important. And the other thing that I think you, it's another theme that I hear from so many uh, folks that we talk to is the idea of trust. And if you don't have that in your community or if you lose it, you begin to attrition. You begin to just people walk out the door. And the fact that you're able to maintain it and probably it's your, if you did brand studies, which I'm sure you've done, it's probably your number one uh, unsolicited word that's going to be up at the top. I trust the finomized community. Oh, 100. I mean, just think about it this way, right? Like we always think about, you know, we've, as, from a community team, I always try and get our team to be, to keep their mind on, you know, what is the most engaged action we can get each member to take? Because it's very easy to, f- to focus on the low hanging fruit, you know, perhaps referrals is one or, you know, likes is another example sort of low hanging fruit. Whereas organizing, taking, you know, the time to organize a meetup in your local area, that's a very, very high engagement um, action that we're asking you to take. Yep. So we're always thinking about how are we making sure that this experience is highly personal? You know, it feels human behind it because that's the opposite of what the finance industry has always been. So if you think everyone going into our group chats is onboarded by me personally with my personal phone number, you know, it's a very, very different experience. They've instantly got a really high level of trust. You know, I know every single person that I put into in, in, in those groups and, and speak with them on a daily basis. You know, just caring about your customers to that extent, I think, is a very different mindset um, for uh, you know, finance brands and media brands. I agree. Um, yeah, what's your phone number? I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you take out a uh, Finimize subscription, you'll find out. <laughs> uh, awesome. I might do it. Uh, but but it's, uh, it's really important, right? Because people don't like talking about their finances and investing out on public spaces. Yeah. What a fun thing to do. You either end up bragging or, or um, you know, feeling very anxious and self-conscious. So it's so important that you create this safe, trusted space. Um, and, and, you know, we do a great job of that with the team that we've got here. Well, Max, I have to give you uh, a bunch of kudos and cheers uh, to you for being so successful in your community venture. I I also want to personally thank you uh, for your time with us and to share your story to all of our listeners. Um, any closing thoughts uh, from you? Words of wisdom, as they say. No, no words of wisdom other than uh, next time. Not what next time we do this, why don't we do it at a time where uh, you guys can have a beer? Oh, uh, that, my friend, <laughs> is a fine, fine, fine. Yeah, thing and, and where you could have video and we could then cheers to beers. <laughs> we'll cheers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Max, well, Max thank, Max, thank, thank you so very, very much for your time. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. Thank you guys very much for uh, another fantastic podcast. And I'll talk to you guys later.